0: You're listening to Imposter Syndrome, a podcast where I talk with other artists about the art they make and what keeps them inspired. Okay, hato chekiwaitha. I am here with my beautiful, amazing friend, Luis, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves and tell you a bit about art and the art that they're doing and the things that they're working on or whatever they want to talk about.
1: All right. Thank you so much for having me on. (laughs) Uh, My name is Luis David Cabrales Vasquez. You can call me Luis for short. Um, So I'm located here in Chicago. I'm a Chicago native. I was raised here for the first 18 years of my life in Pilsen. And then I went to central Illinois because I thought it would be fun Um, (laughs) and did higher ed there. And then I moved back to Chicago. Um, I love art. Art is amazing. My neighborhood is filled with art to the brim. We also have the National Museum of Mexican Art in my neighborhood. Um, And it's a free museum. And it gets all of its funding so that there's access to people from the community to see themselves reflected in art and within their community. And that was like my introduction to art, right? It was just going to Harrison Park. And then I could just pop in for a quick second and just look at art. It's amazing. um, Yeah, and so I feel like that's definitely what got my like artist journey started per se. You know, when I was a kid and I was drawing really amazing stick figures. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) all of my like kid drawings were like you know people with like giant tits, and (laughs) no one was ever like, (laughs) "Is he queer?" They were just like, (laughs) "That's interesting." I was like, I just like big boobs. I don't know what that's about. (laughs) (laughs) Very straight and normal.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) nothing to worry about here. (laughs) Uh Oh,
1: yes. You're like, I want the triple Zs.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. So yeah, talk about like. um, I I I'm very curious to hear about like the way that like, your culture and art, like, how you feel represented in art in your culture and things like that. Because recently, I've been um, learning my, like, native language, my tribe language, Shawnee. And I don't, I like, it's a very complicated language, but there's no representation in art because it's like very few people speak the language and it's almost like, it's very close to just not existing anymore, Um, which is why they're like pushing this program to get people, you know, to immerse themselves in the language, which is beautiful and amazing. But, you know, having sort of that connection, like seeing the language, like written out seeing how it's pronounced hearing it it's such a beautiful and amazing thing and it's something that I I've never really had before to be able to see parts of my culture represented so I'm really curious to hear like what that's like for you to see parts of yourself and your culture represented in art and what that means and and how how that encourages you and how that makes you feel just represented and all all aspects of yourself queerness and you know being you know what yeah everything everything about louise represented <laughs> in art tell me <laughs> yes.
1: well before i get there one shit bug for not having representation for you in art yeah and also kudos to you because i'm like it takes a lot to learn another language and uh, you know i'm someone that speaks multiple languages and so i'm like especially in adulthood oh how many like,
0: languages do you speak i know that you uh, speak spanish and english Spanish,
1: <laughs> english and then mandarin um oh, although gosh. not as fluent in mandarin as i am in the other two
0: i mean uh, so like mandarin is not easy <laughs> it is
1: so. such a beautiful language i love the intonation gorgeous. and stuff and so gorgeous it's always like yeah singing um so i just wanted to say that just because it's like super badass so you're like fuck you whiteness and then yes. you know learning like your language and i I do a lot of identity work in the social work that i do and so i often work with people and connecting with themselves understanding themselves first so that they understand how they operate in an ecosystem and how that ecosystem either takes or invests um into their cup and so that's when i think about my art i always think about my art as like a an extension and combination of my social work you know um really healing for me to do it um I write in English and Spanish, right? When I write my poetry, I, I predominantly do poetry, um, but I do dabble in everything because sometimes the edible you take is just a little too strong. And you're just like, I need to just like do things. Um, yes. <laughs> and, and I always tell people like, my favorite thing about art is being able to just create because there's something in me that I want to say. And I don't yes. care if people think that it's good or they don't think that it's not good. I'm just like, fuck you. Like I'm putting it onto the universe because I exist in a place of abundance, right? And that yes, yes. Shape of love. Um, love it. And so I use poetry as a way to sit with my emotions, which is like super hard. And when my therapist sits with me and it's like, we're sitting with this emotion, and I'm like, you know, and so because <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I feel like I use poetry often to be able to sit with whatever that emotion is. And it's a tool when we think about like my culture and my art and how they combine. Mm-hmm. I've seen myself represented as. Mexican person in art right um I often don't see myself represented in Mexican art in my queerness right and so um my art is my ability to have like a really big middle finger to machismo because I'm like oh we're not allowed to feel we're not allowed to like I remember being a kid and my dad's like reading us for faggots you know and I was just like yes yes and in my head, I was like, so being straight is being illiterate. I don't understand because I know a lot of people that read that say they're straight. It was a very confusing time. Right. right, now. right. My, dad, my dad was like, you know, liking men is gay, but you're going to watch wrestling, which is two <laughs> oiled up men in underwears, just like at it. And I'm like, so it's so it's straight if there's an audience. But it's gay if there is no, like it was just such a confusing time. And that's so I know that's such a really good, asked...
0: that's such a good, like, <laughs> so if people are watching, it's not gay.
1: <laughs> if you have socks on, that's you how know, I that got into just... <laughs>
0: group sex with men.
1: <laughs> so I feel like I never really saw myself represented in my art and, and by, in, like, in in my, well, and in, in art in general. In my art, I often sit with the emotions that we're not allowed to feel as men, right? Yes. Even though I'm, he they now non-binary um there's still a lot of my cheese mothers embedded in everything that I do and so you can sit with my therapist and I experienced a lot of grief in such a short amount of time you know I lost seven people in one year and you know one of them was my brother then I had my mom and then you know just like my best one of my closest friends and so it was just an insurmountable amount of sadness to hold within yourself and growing up like we weren't allowed to cry so I didn't cry for the first 18 years of my life
0: yeah Um, yeah
1: you know, and I remember my friend seeing me cry for the first time when one of our friends, Beavis, um, right before we all went to college, it was like a week before, um, he was shot, you know, yeah. and I cried at the funeral as I was throwing the dirt into the hole, um, into the hole. And so, um, I know, I can't take shit seriously. <laughs> 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 and so, you know, like, I, I remember I shed a tear, like so dramatic, which is so funny if you know me now, now I'm like a great right. bitch for everything. And so I remember the parents being like, "Well, we've never seen you cry," and I was just like, "Shit," you know. And so in my art, I often talk a lot about grief and how I sit with it and how it hurts and how painful it is. Um, and it's like my way of being like, I can cry, you know. And so I'm like, I usually write my poetry on my phone first, like on notes, and then I'll send it to myself. And so I'll just be like on the train, just like fucking sobbing, you know. And I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like, why is nobody sitting by me? And it's just like a mess. And you know, able to send it to myself and. I also talk about my sexuality in my poetry, you yes. know, which is not something that I felt really comfortable talking about um, mm-hmm. for a while. Like I remember being 19 and like sucking a dick, but being like <laughs> holding his hand is gay and I won't do it. You know, like it was. just like uh, the uh, Yes. Gymnastics. Oh,
0: my God. Was, right. Like so uh, I'm gay, but I'm not that gay. Like yes, <laughs> well, I was just oh like, I'm God. not
1: gay. I, I just sucked a dick, you know, like. <laughs> So, oh, in my art, sucking
0: dick know.
1: is not gay. <laughs> it's not gay. It's, it's only gay if you
0: hold hands after. Oh my god! I'm <laughs> oh, like, it's not
1: gay. it's Zero calories. Um, and uh, so, <laughs> and so, it's
0: good for your skin. I'm just being catchy
1: <laughs> You know, so I just found myself like sitting with my identity in such a crucial way. Yeah. Where, in the grand scheme of art, I don't see a lot of like Latinidad represented. Mm-hmm. But then the place yeah. that I grew up in was very heavy on art. It was very heavy on Latinidad. But then yeah. I didn't see my queerness represented. But then if I went to queer art spaces, I didn't see my Latinidad represented. So it felt like a fracture of an identity.
0: Yes. Um, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. So with my art, I feel like I, I'm using that to like create a, like an adhesive for both of those parts to come together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. It it. is really hard to not see like, like the queerness and, and being like your non-whiteness, not having a place to merge together in art and, and going to places and being able to see one or the other and not being able to see them combined. It's so like, yeah, I, I know that like that like hollow feeling that it leaves you with. And it's so, I mean, like, it's beautiful because you're like, like you said, you're like, fuck it. I'll do it myself. And that's always what I'm always like, if you don't see, like, if you think you can do it better, if you feel like there's something missing, fucking do it, make it. And, you know, but like also feeling like you're like, I mean, obviously you're not the only Mexican queer person that exists, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, obviously we know that, but like feeling there's still such a loneliness and feeling like you have a responsibility to create things for this identity that you have that you're not seeing represented um I'm so glad you're doing it but it's also like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of responsibility um but I mean if anyone can do it you can because you're amazing and you make I don't know you probably can't see it but I have like you drew a like an octopus that's right yes yes. and then i have like you drew like a space uh, you like you drew like a, a whole space thing and i have that in my i love oh my god you used to draw like almost every day and used to leave it and i used to put it up at my desk and i got so pissed one time because something stupid happened at redacted and I took all of it home because I was like, Luis's art is too beautiful to be here in this, <laughs> this shitty place. I hate it here so much. And I, I took it all home.
1: <laughs> I mean, that was one of And my I hung advice. it up
0: for myself. I was like, oh, I yeah. can look at it at home. I'm not gonna look at it in this <laughs> shithole. I was so I that was the first thing I did. I was like, Louise's art deserves better <laughs> this place. <laughs> uh,
1: what I will say about that is like that was such a I have two things to say, but the with this specific memory. Like that was so I love you so much <laughs> obviously you know that I have yes your book tattooed on my shoulder
0: I know uh, oh my god And
1: then I always told you I was like you got published on skin you can get published on paper um
0: yes!
1: but I remember like being at redacted and mm-hmm. It sucked, right? It was like such a like soul-sucking job. Yes. And That's truly
0: the only way to describe it. It's literally how it felt. It was just like your soul is being removed from your body slowly every day. Fucking terrible. Yeah.
1: And I remember just like what I looked forward to was drawing, a little drawing for you. You know, and it became like a ritual, which I later like grew to really appreciate, especially when, you know, I moved back to Chicago, where it was like every day I was just like influenced and inspired to bring you something, right? It's like my crow brain and my artist brain. And oh so, and I feel like you really got me started on my artist journey and so oh I that's
0: you. so sweet oh my <laughs> god oh I like I mean this is like an aside like I don't want you to think this is the only thing that matter my god when you left I was like who's gonna crack my back for me I literally was <laughs> like oh no I miss you my back My whole body (laughs) (laughs) misses you. You left. Yeah, you left. And I was like, I I had to like teach Keith how to like crack my, he's, bless him. He tried, but it's not, it's not the same. Yeah, (laughs) And like, just holding, holding on. And I, oh my God, you would just hold and you would not let go till you heard a crack. And I was like, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I need. You just hold. You'd hear that crack, and then you'd be like, "All right." I'd be like, "Why?" Oh. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> I was in like heaven. I was
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the second thing like, I was gonna say uh. is like, there. I did. There is queerness and being Mexican in art, and there's an abundance
0: yeah.
1: of that. Yeah. And due to the homophobia in the culture, it's yeah. not often highlighted. Right. Yes. And So I feel like yes. while it's there, my issue was like the inaccessibility of not yeah. being able to to do it. Right. Like my parents would never be like, "We're gonna." take you to see a queer artist like that would have been a no-go and right a healing part of that so in the National Museum of Mexican Art this year I believe earlier this year they had the Frida Kahlo exhibit and they had an entire room dedicated to her lover and it oh was my all God. of her lovers like her all genders right and so it was right, like the yeah. first time that I saw bisexuality be like represented on such a scale
0: Right. but it was like
1: a big part of her life was her sexuality and now we're honoring it instead of hiding it because growing up people were like Frida Kahlo unibrow that's it right? right and then I got older and I was like okay but well, she had like interesting art like her concepts were great like the way that she traveled the world the lovers she had across the world right. and I was like I want to live that life I just right. want to sleep with people all over the world and so I'm like <laughs> working hard towards it you know and like <laughs> i
0: have a so, dream like, and it will come true someday i like stop
1: thinking locally think globally um, <laughs> and so I remember like seeing that like a few months ago and i sat in that room and i just like was so moved i cried yeah like, um yeah. and i went with like my sister and i went with james my partner um mm-hmm. uh, and when i went, uh, There those like a few other people there until we were just in this moment you know and like, there yeah. was, like you were just so confronted by this bisexuality that you couldn't like not pretend that it didn't yeah. exist And it was also like a room that you had to leave by. So it was really like, to me, it was interesting that that was part of the layout where it's like, if you want to go, you're going to have to go through this.
0: Right, yeah. We exist, bitches. We're fucking here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah. And Frida is such a great example of like queerness. And she's somebody who is very like, I am queer. But like you said, like a lot of that was just like, like you said, mm, unibrow, you like, oh, she was just, you know, she didn't care about beauty standards. That was Frida. And you're like, okay, but why didn't she? Because yeah. she's a big old homo. <laughs> yes. she, she was queer and she understood that. And she was disabled. And there's so much about her that like, you know, of course people want to talk about it. But people do, especially white people, want to talk about it in very specific ways. And you really have to talk about her as a whole person. And that includes her sexuality and that includes you know, her disabilities and all of those things, you know, and, and that's such a, that's such a cool thing. Um, That must have been an amazing exhibit to see.
1: I was thrilled.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and so I'm like, I try to embody that. Like, yeah, in my, in my art, you know, I had a, so it was this, is like, right before the pandemic started. Um, I had done the show that was for Latinx queer artists which was amazing because it was just like, Mm -hmm. ah, okay. There was one person that I met and they were an artist and we'd never met before. And so when I have a tattoo on my leg, that is like a heart and then it has an ass a vagina and fishnets in it. Oh, uh, and I got it when I was way too stoned and I, it was not the tattoo I wanted, but I was just like, sure. Now it's one of my favorites. And this person had almost the exact same tattoo and the exact same spot.
0: What? you know and I like I
1: always share that story because I'm like the the art that I chose to adorn my body with regardless right. of how inebriated I was right <laughs> I was like happened to be the same as another person but they were also queer in the next and like there's just like a lot of things that can happen in those moments that I don't experience anymore. You right know?
0: yeah 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 Yeah. for sure that's and... so that's so cool though that's like a very like surreal sort of experience I'm sure too yeah. like that's so that wild was
1: the first time that I read it like I shouted my queerness into a room full of people, like through art, obviously. Yeah,
0: yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: um, James's parents were there. There was like thirty, like it was close It was like thirty-six people that showed up to see Michelle, and I was just doing a poetry reading. Um, it was oh. one of my um, best friends, Azul, um, who actually had their art at the National Museum of Mexican Art hung up, which is like kind of unheard of. And then Barack Obama and um, Michelle Obama went through it and were able to see their painting, like insane. <laughs> Definitely, That's Like, amazing. I will, I'm gonna put on a lot of, I'm gonna say a lot of artists' names on the show. So if you're watching- Hell
0: yes, them.
1: hell yes, you hell know, yes. Like, I'll send you the link. Um, yes. And so it was, they put on the show, they invited me to be a part of it. And I read a poem about sucking James's dick um, in front of his parents.
0: <laughs>
1: and I had totally forgotten that, that poem was like in the series. And so I invite them, and then I see the poem come, you know, like they give it, like I have the note cards, and I see the poem and I start reading it. And like after the second sentence, I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> I, I kept not doing this, but I was like, you already committed to the first two lines, you know? Um, and thankfully, like his dad. I, feel, I relate like, so much. I feel
0: like that's 100% something that I would do. <laughs> I would be like, <laughs> was that weird afterwards? I'd just be like, is that. Was that weird? <laughs> I don't know. Should I not have done that? I I wouldn't even forget. I would know I was doing it and then afterwards I'd be like, wait, was should I not have done that? Is that something that- <laughs> I was was that like a so I
1: was like, she's feeling it. I suck dick. Don't want everyone to know. And then I was like, wait, I don't think I want everyone in this room to know, you know? <laughs> um, but it was like a really fun way to be like, this is yeah. how I'm deciding to out myself to this group of people. With yeah. It was like the first time that like I said it with my whole fucking chest you know what I mean like there was no doubt about it and I feel like oftentimes in queerness like when I go into spaces and I'm doing my art and especially if it talks about queerness I often have to think about like safety versus joy right where it's Uh. like do I center my joy in this experience and have a really good time I was like or do you know like do I survive because sometimes having queer art in places is not okay you know yeah Um, yeah And so I remember in that space, just feeling like I can do this here and I know I'll be good. And it was the first time that I said it so loudly, you know, like no part of me trembled. And I just remember being like, are anyone else's nipples hard right now? And I'm like, (laughs) am I alone in this? And so it was really, really fun. you know.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's so empowering, too. And I think that's something about art that I really, really love is that you can, make it what you need to open yourself up and to experience the world in a better way like you know like there's I I talked to someone yesterday who who had this they said this thing and it it rang so true they said like usually when you talk about being an artist people are like oh you paint and I think so true so many people if I'm like I'm an artist they're like what do you paint I'm like no 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 I do a lot of things I don't paint you know (laughs) but a lot of people don't think about like spoken word or or poetry or any sort of like words as being art but it's one of the most like richest forms of art and it's one of the ways that you can do so much healing and so much you know expression and there's so many things obviously every type of art is valid in that way but like like there it's so freeing to be able to like vocalize these things and whether you're doing it on paper or you know any way that you're doing it it's like putting it into words putting yourself on paper into words and writing it out it's so it's so like yeah there's nothing like it i love I, I love writing so much so like it's just like it's such a beautiful and freeing act and i feel like i'm most me when i'm writing so yeah. being able to have that sort of like experience is like so amazing
1: but i'm like i do paint uh, you do
0: Oh my God! What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh my! Oh my God! I love that.
1: Um, And so this is a book that is that
0: just like a book of oh. So so
1: James's mom got me this for Christmas a few years ago, like two years ago, and so I've just been, you know, like I'll just that's so beautiful. This is my oh
0: my God! (laughs) What like what kind of is it like watercolor or like what do you use?
1: No, so I I use um like mixed media. Um, okay. and so like here's this donut one and so this one actually sticks out in 3d because it has yeso in the paint um so like it helps it and like it oh was like a really god. small like little like sunset oh
0: my god um, uh, oh my god that's so beautiful oh my god she like that is so i, lo- I love stuff like that because i feel like that's like I, it's it's it probably doesn't feel like the same thing but like one of my favorite gifts to receive is like something that has a lot of other little things inside of it like I don't know why but like it doesn't matter what it is but like if like one year I like my sister gave me a bag and when I opened it up it was everything in it was like there was like little tiny nail polishes and little tiny makeup like everything was like a small little version of something and I was like I love it and I was like this is my favorite this is my favorite thing ever oh my god so that's what that feels like to me. That's like an artistic representation of like, it's a book, but it has little little pieces of art in it. That like, oh my God, I love it so much. That's, it's so fucking cool. Favorites.
1: And it's like, not every drawing is going to be perfect, which I really exactly. enjoy. Because yes. I look through it and I'm like, wow, this is shit. You know, <laughs> and then sometimes I'll come back to something and I'm like, oh, I have a new thing that I learned or something new that I've done. Let me like incorporate it now. And so it's like a never evolving drawing. Yes. um but i did want to show you so i'm going yes. okay. to be sending this post show as a thank you for having Aww. me on um <gasps> oh my and god so something that i do is um i like to repurpose things if i'm going to do art and so i yes. on this one it's like finding this um frame at like a yard sales where i found it and then the background part of this was like a part when i went to a different yard so there was something that was like half wrapped as a gift um yeah. so this is the wrapping paper that the gift was wrapped in and I was like hey can I buy this and the person's like it's just paper and I was like hey <laughs> I'll take it for free you know um and then I um have my poem in the middle and so I'm going to read it to you oh
0: my because
1: God. it is I feel like it embodies who we are as people together <laughs> okay um I want to throw myself like pasta against the wall to make sure I am fully cooked before having this turn of the century, three Michelin stars meltdown slowly towards the floor.
0: Oh my God, Yeah, I love that. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. Oh my God. I'll be
1: sending that post-show. Oh, Um, Oh, thank you.
0: Oh my God. But I want to say, because you touched a little bit on it and we've talked about writing, I want to talk about like, you said that. I mean, you touched on it a little bit already, but I think, you know, I want to hear more about it. If you want to talk more about it, yeah, sure. Um, you have been through a lot of loss, and you have been through. You've experienced trauma. I've experienced trauma. There's there's a lot of, there's a lot of pain and a lot of like, it it goes very deep, especially like when you experience things as a child and then you keep experiencing them through your life. So how do you feel that your art helps you heal or how your art helps you talk about your trauma how it helps you face your trauma anything like that
1: not that i have this planned out but i do have something i'll read that's going to answer your question
0: okay i love Uh, it
1: i was working on art this morning before getting on the show (laughs) um i wish i could tell you i've been resting on days i take the sun on my skin till the trees tell tales tumultuous times tendering the tough thick teguments time to take Mm -hmm. off there is still blinding pride for callous trophies. I am working up the courage to stay. What can I say? Okay. Running low on sitting with vulnerability, okay? I find myself standing, sitting, horizontally hugging my feet, perching, propped up, woefully whimsical, extending omnipotent olive branches for a greedy deep grief. There is someone in there, whimpers, whining, whispers, past the anger through the grief. It is hard to reach, little me. That's
0: so beautiful.
1: And so for me, oftentimes, you know, this is one of the, you can tell I was having a good day when I brought this shit because I was in the grass and I was like, I just smoked a joint like and she's living her life. <laughs> and so it was a, a really happy version of that poem. And then I have other poems that are just very angry. Yeah. You know, and I think that in grief, you're expected to be so like fucking graceful. Like it's so fucking exhausting. And people somehow make people that have died saints and like yeah. they've never done anything wrong. And so you can't like speak of them as a human being. And I find that so fucking weird. Because yes. I'm just like, one of my friends died that was really close to me. And I was just like, Man, like she loved having her titties out, you know. And someone was like, <laughs> You shouldn't speak ill of the dead. And I was like, Well, her titties were ill. <laughs> you know, oh, they were like, and like she <laughs> we got our nipples pierced together. You know, we were in this yeah. tattoo shop with our tops off, just looking at each other, just like yeah, drunk. It was in champagne. And so <laughs> and then getting like our bars together and just like waking up on the floor the next day of their of her kitchen and we were I just like looked down and there's like blood on my tits and I was like <laughs> what the fuck has happened and she was like we got our teddy spears," you know and, like, I remember that moment like such a bonding experience and yeah some of those things that you can't share always right because yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people are so uncomfortable to sit and greet when it doesn't look yeah. pretty or it isn't yeah happy. right and so I feel like with my with my writing sometimes it gets pretty dark you know and again yeah. there's some like poems that I know I will not release <laughs> you know until I yeah. leave this world and someone finds my phone and goes through it yeah. and it's like there were so many nudes and then we finally <laughs> got to the we finally got to the to the poetry and it's like damn these are some really really dark ones um, <laughs> but it helps me explore that anger you know yeah yeah like, I get like I, I, I'm not always I, I haven't almost said dice en inglés. I don't always have places where I can sit with the anger that I have for the people that I've left. Even though it's not their yeah. fault. But sometimes no, I'm just like,
0: fuck oh, you, man. It's like you I, left I, me. Exactly. No, I had this uh, th- yeah. I had someone that I loved, you know, like y- around the same time. Um, I think that uh you lost your brother, my friend passed away. And you know, like that's how that's the how long ago it was. And I remember like having this, I was like so pissed at him and I was like why the fuck did you do that why'd you fucking do that you little fucking asshole you yes. didn't you didn't let me ah. say goodbye to you you didn't fu- like what the fuck and you I was so angry and I'm I still I have those moments where I'm like you fucking son of a bitch why I'm a and like yes and I'm like so mad and I'm like why didn't you give me a chance to tell you I loved you one last time why didn't you you know and there's all this stuff and it's like Not being able to talk about that anger, not being able to to be real about it is so disingenuous to the grief process and into healing trauma. Like you have to heal. You have to fucking feel the shitty feelings. And sometimes it sucks a little bit. But when people die, you're fucking pissed. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's not fun.
1: (laughs) When it's like, how do I hold it? Right.
0: Yeah. Like, how do I
1: hold? How do I, I? I always tell people like grief always feels like expired love, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah and i'm oh, just like wow. how do i how do i sit with that expiration you know i'm like i'm just a container yeah. for it and like yeah. i have right. this rock inside of me and like how do i
0: yes i don't know and like, that i've was... never been but oh i i don't want to interrupt you i was just gonna say oh, that just to say like i've never that... been
1: giving them enough.
0: <laughs> Please that enough believe you fucking no go matter.
1: you go you go you go <laughs>
0: Like, like losing, like when you lose somebody that like for me, like something that really hit me was I'm like, this is a person that loved me that doesn't exist anymore. And that was like a thing where I was like, someone's love for me literally died. Like it didn't go away. It didn't fade. They died. And that was like a thing that I like did not know how to. And I still I'm like, oh, like, I don't know how to fucking I'm like, how do I? fucking handle that what do I do with that like it's so overwhelming to think about when when you lose someone that every aspect of them is gone you have your memories of them you have pieces of them of course but their presence is gone and that includes what they gave to you you know or like how they you know that that interaction existed but it's not anymore and you have that like space in your life where they used to be and it's such a heavy like like you said it's like expired love like it, it really truly does feel like you're like uh there's a space that is just gone and it's it's so and i feel like it's okay to like be so emotional about those things because what the fuck what what else are you supposed to be about them you know i like if i died tomorrow i wouldn't want people to be like z was such a nice cool person i want them to be like that bitch was fucking weird and i don't know how to feel about them (laughs) they showed their tits a lot for not (laughs) even wanting to have them like i don't
1: (laughs) i'm just like there's i love what you said right where it's like person's gone and i think oftentimes during grief people are like oh but they're still with you or you still have their memories which always Mm -hmm. just feels like the emotional recognition yeah. when you're grieving is hard because sometimes I just don't be like, oh shut the fuck up. You know, like I just <laughs> yeah, oh, especially like throwing funerals, obviously like hit your girl up if you <laughs> if you need a <laughs> funeral planner. <laughs> but you know I mean? That's the only thing we're guaranteed. And so um I'm like we can make it like a funeral like just exactly. all jeans. Everything is denim. And so
0: no roll uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And, please
1: <laughs> you know it's like you you sit and people shake their hands and all that sort of stuff and then they just say shit that is ridiculous you know and yeah. and but it's but it's okay because everyone grieves in a different way and they find hope in different ways yes yeah you know? like for Absolutely. me it's very much like they're dead they're gone like yeah. maybe i'll see those ghosts later but like <laughs> those are just like memories of who they were but they're not actually like breathing,
0: breathing right like, yeah you know yeah There's
1: something about someone not being there physically like, if I'm in a room and my back is turned to the door, but someone, like, steps in, even if I don't hear them, because so I have my headphones on, I'll feel the shift in the room, right? And yes. you turn around and you're like, wow, there's, like, another, like, person with me. And, like, yeah. when someone leaves, like, it always yeah. feels it's like an umbilical cord that's been pulled out, right? Like, I always yeah. tell people, like, there's just, like, a fucking HDMI port that needs to yeah. be fucking filled yeah. <laughs> and, like, I don't fucking have an HDMI cord anymore, right. you know? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I do like, <laughs> <laughs> And then there's also another part of grief where it's, like, you lose someone that you don't love yeah you yeah. know and like you're expected to like I lost my biological mom and like we didn't have the best relationship and I didn't particularly enjoy her as a person um
0: mm-hmm. right
1: you know and I remember like Jeanette McCurdy releasing her book I'm glad my mother died and I was just mm-hmm. like right of the fucking book like just I inhaled it you know yeah. like cover to cover and I was just like I also she's like holding her mom's ashes so I went to the trunk of the car to pick up my mom's <laughs> ashes so I could also pull them <laughs> put her back in the trunk she's not allowed in my house so now she's in the basement because our car got stolen like a few weeks ago and she was in the trunk
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then they found
1: the the car and their ashes were still in the trunk and I was like you you know and like I'm trying to she's not getting
0: off that
1: (laughs) (laughs) which is funny I'll write more poetry about that later because that shit was a fucking mess but you know like I remember like writing poetry when I wrote my first book you know and this is like me with yes the girl. I was a blogger at a wedding for two of my fraternity brothers because my life is a dream and <laughs> I just remember like reading this book and it was such an expose yeah. because yeah. my family hadn't really dealt with like what happened in our house and all the abuse and like a lot of the stuff happened with kids and so when I wrote this book and I published it and I started reading it and like I was doing these like you know, you publish a fucking book and then you go do talks on your book and you're like, yeah. Please, yeah. this is my book, like buy it. Because <laughs> I need fucking money. It's capitalism. <laughs> Why the fuck aren't you giving me money? Exactly. You're like, money. you're like, it's not about the money, but it is about the money. Give me It's
0: not and about the how about money. It. However, it could be if you let it be. <laughs> I was like,
1: Do you like my art? Yes. Give me money or else I'll die and you won't have any more of this, you know? And so Reading
0: the book. That's that's actually a really good strategy. I need I to yeah, I need to start working on that one.
1: <laughs> I well, I'm I can sell water to a pond. I will fucking like just put me on put me in coach.
0: And so okay.
1: i remember reading this book and it just like caused such a scandal. It's like a scandal for my family. Yeah. You know? Then like I had like people that were reaching out to me to like tell me to kill myself and like
0: oh that's um, lovely.
1: They were just like sending me death threats or they were just full on denying things that happened. And they were just like, No, your parents would never have done that. Cause I knew them. And I was like, that's I don't know who the fuck you are. I didn't care though, <laughs> because I was just kind of like, someone was like, kill yourself. And I'm just like, help me, you know. And uh, then you uh, do it
0: for me, I'm tired. <laughs> and then they blocked me.
1: And I was just like, Oh, take the, the trash takes itself out. <laughs> you know. So I'm gonna read you this poem because this is a poem that um it has some of it in Spanish, but you know, I can translate it for you. Um, it's called I'm glad my mother died. Believe it or f- believe it or fucking not. Like This was before she published her book, just saying. So. Jeanette McCurdy, if you're listening to this, coin. Um, <laughs> I'm glad my mother died. She had a unique way of embedding abuse into her food, the way we associate smells with places and time. Sensory photographs captured by our bodies, teleporting us back in time with a whiff or a sound or a taste. <laughs> Cecina encebollada con arroz y ensalada sin sazón. Me regresa a la mesa donde me pegaba mi padre. No le gustaba que no quería ayudarle con la mecánica. En realidad, él se enojaba que lo odiaba por venderme a diferentes hombres desde el garaje. Este este plato todavía es mi, mi cena favorita. Y esta era su forma de pedirme perdón por las cosas que él hacía. She blended the taste of blood with garlic and onion, like the saltiness that cuts my tongue whenever I ate more than four slices of cecina. Always. Every. Single. Time. There is a reason I crave this meal when I hide. It makes me homesick for apologies that were never said out loud. Cecina encebollada con sabores de gente muerta takes me back to places I can't. Uh,
0: I mean, I don't speak Spanish, so I don't always say, but girl, you could read my whole book in Spanish and I would like pay you. <laughs> God, that's beautiful.
1: <laughs> like that to me, like that. Um so like in the Spanish part of that portion talks about how um, my mom would always cook me a specific meal um uh, like in secrecy from my father. Um, so a um, little bit of a long story when I was a kid we went to go buy a chicken and I thought we were buying a chicken like as a pet, and apparently we weren't and so my father was like pick out whatever chicken you want and so I found the fattest oldest chicken and I was like I want this fat bitch to come home with us I remember I specifically said that in Spanish I was like I want this fat bitch um, and my dad laughed and so the guy grabbed it and just like spun it slam whack, and I started crying because i was like five <laughs> years old and i was like they just killed puck puck like oh my justice or puck puck like i was so fucking livid and my dad like i was crying to my dad it was one of the first times that my dad didn't hit me for crying but he just couldn't stop laughing because he was like "Oh, right. americans always <laughs> treating animals like family and i was just kind of now that i'm an adult i'm like that's that's a fucked up thing to say like why wouldn't you treat right. things with loving and care and respect right <laughs> and so we went home <laughs> and my mom made a um uh, caldo de pollo right like a stew made out of chicken and i refused to eat it and my father like was like you have to eat it and then i did not and so he, he would make me sit at the table and sometimes i'd sit there until like 6 30 a.m until i had to go to school the next day or oh sometimes he would get like really upset he just beat the shit out of me right like it was one of the two yeah i yeah, never did yeah. it like i was I was such an asshole of a kid, but I love me. I was like, grassroots organizing. Like, I would stand my fucking ground, you know? Like, you'd be like, eat it. And I'd be like, that looks kind of good today, but I'm not gonna, because you said it. And it was like, no matter what you do, like, Christina Aguilera, just really stronger. Like, you can't fucking stop. Me. <laughs> um, and so I remember, like, that was what would happen. So my mom, in secrecy, would cook me cecina, which is um, kind of like, the meat that is kind of like, um, it's a steak that usually gets turned into jerky. But this is before yeah. it turns to jerky. And it's really salty. And so my mom would make me that meat because it was my favorite cut of meat. And she would make me like the little sides and she'd hide the plate in the house. And then once my dad got sick of watching me sit at the table, not eating, she would pull out the plate and she'd give it to me and then she'd go entertain my dad. And that was like her apology to me always for how my dad treated me. Yeah, Uh, yeah. And so this poem is about like how sometimes when you get like a whiff or experience a sound, like sometimes it'll take you immediately back somewhere, right? I always tell people like PTSD's. Wild because it's like teleportation, the one you don't fucking want, you know exactly. <laughs>
0: sure. Oh my god, legit! Yeah. You're like, Wow, I've suddenly remembered a very horrible <laughs> moment in my life in the middle of this grocery store. <laughs> I need to so go. Like, outside the eggs for are a second. shaking,
1: oh, you know? so
0: just,
1: <laughs> like for me, they happened when I, I was actually buying eggs, it's just funny, you know, like the eggs are chick, like my And so, you know, I wrote this poem, and it was just like, Oh she used to make me this meal all the time. And then I described a little bit of the abuse that my dad would put me through. And I was like, so she'd make me this meal. And that was her apology for things that she never, like, and she never apologized out loud. And yeah. I'm reading that poem. And like, it was like, a scandal, Like, that's what like started the whole thing. And I remember yeah. um, the someone in our family um, from Mexico was like, hey, this is what he wrote true in the book. You know, on my sister's like wall. And my sister was like, why don't you ask my father directly
0: yeah
1: you know and it was like the first time that me and my sister like me and her had stood our, our fucking ground our whole lives like against yeah. this abuse and like we helped each other like I helped her run away when she was young and then like I ran away when I was like 18 to go to college and like the whole time me and her would just stay in communication like we talked yeah. like abu- you know abusers always try to alienate people so they would always like yeah. kind of alienate my sister and like have us not talk to her and I would always find a way to do that and I would like yeah. sit and my dad would beat the shit out of me and I would just be like do it again me fucking harder i'm gonna go see her after this like i remember just being like that like my whole life and yeah. now like me and my sister are besties you know like we yeah. uh, i dedicated this book to her like we have matching tattoos like i'm about to see her later today because she's just the yeah. best and she was there with my arm she was sitting next to me and she was like holding me and like that also broke down this barrier within within us where like we never talked to each other about the abuse that each of us endured but we yeah. knew that we did and there was a solidarity with it but there was a shame around it because obviously abusers feel those things and right. mm-hmm. that was like also a key aspect in our relationship because like writing that poetry and reading it aloud in just like were like standing. And I felt like in that moment, like we were just on top of Mount Everest and we were just like shouting it. And yeah, I think we both sat with each other, and we're like, I think it's time that we start talking about what happened to us. Yeah. You know, and like that was yeah. so groundbreaking. And I always said like art has this way of like healing in ways that you never imagine. You know, yeah. me, it was like reading a poem. This is the also, like, talk about a multidimensional bitch. This was the same poetry reading that I read you this sad-ass poem. Um, the one where I read about sucking James' dick. Like, <laughs> fucking levels. I was like, <laughs> I'm getting you horny. We're crying. Like, we're going to go all of these different places. Just strap on for the ride. And so, you know, I love art for that reason. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, yeah. I've been using it to just tell myself that it's okay to experience joy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think a thing I've been like, really struggling with, like, you know, going back to childhood trauma, like things that I know that when I was like, you know, you have those things as a kid that you're told, like, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's wrong to do this. It's wrong to do that. You know, and I was raised in a lot of religion. So there was a lot of like shame around religion and like queerness and all this shit. (laughs) And so what
1: was your flavor of religious trauma?
0: Oh, my okay, I oh no, I was I was protestant i was like um uh like church of god like speaking in tongues kind of shit like yeah that was cool oh, so never any like snake yeah yeah <laughs> <Free> theater, <laughs> never yeah. any snakes or anything like that that was <laughs> too wild for us yeah. but yeah like people getting slain in the spirit speaking in tongues like all that shit i don't know if you know what being slain in the spirit is i
1: do
0: not <laughs> it's where the fucking pastor or reverend or whatever comes over and touches you on the head and then you like pass out and it's the most ridiculous thing. And like, people would be convulsing. And like, I mean, it, it was. I, I would love to go
1: now because I'm like so right? heavy. So I'd pass out and be like, now you have to fucking carry me, you know?
0: Honestly, <laughs> girl, they would. They would be like, Uber okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're like, he gave me the strength. Like, <laughs> and it's, so, yeah, I know it's insane.
1: And so I know like, I've talked about like how art has been healing for me but I want to hear about you too. Like how has art been healing for you?
0: Yeah. Like, I think, especially like in the past, like few years, I mean, obviously when I was younger, I, I always wanted, I always wrote things. I was always writing when I was a kid. Um, And I always wanted to, I think, I think some of that was like wanting to create a world that existed that was completely safe, you know, and that's why I wrote. Um, And that's why I created worlds and things like that. And, and by safe, I don't necessarily mean like no danger ever happened, but like I controlled everything that went on and I didn't have that luxury in real life. You know, I controlled nothing, you know, and so many things I, I remember, you know, as a kid, like a lot of the things that I dealt with, a lot of the abuse that I dealt with was a lot of emotional abuse, a lot of mental abuse, a lot of things that were like, and it was, you know, a a lot of religious trauma and things like that. And so Sometimes when you don't have like a sort of a physical, physical evidence of any sort of abuse, you're like, nothing really happened. And so it takes a long time to get to a point where you're like, no, this was actually really fucking terrible and awful. And that shouldn't happen. (laughs) Crazy. And so in the past few years like I realized that like as much as I loved writing there were things that I was like afraid to write about there were things that I was afraid to say there were things that I was afraid to do and ways I was afraid to be myself and and I was like what the fuck you know and over the past few years like it's really the pandemic you know as as wonderful as it's been um <laughs> I it really, it like, it forced me to like sit with myself in ways that I thought that I had been doing, but I had not been doing. And I I was just like, okay, you know, I have to admit that these things are true. And there were a lot of ways that like, you know, my transness, like I didn't really want to come out because I knew that I was like, I don't want to deal with being like, I don't identify as a woman and having to hear people be like, but you look like a woman to me, but you wear makeup why you have a vagina, you know, I was like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with being, you know, she heard on purpose and all this stuff. And it really, you know, I realized sort of that if I wanted to do things like go on testosterone and get a hysterectomy and do things that were going to lead me to, you know, the body that I wanted to have, that I was going to have to be open. And that's a thing where like, you realize that it like really, suddenly I was like, oh, wait a minute, to get the things I want, I have to be myself. And it sort of just, like, started, and I was, you know, this is not something, I'm fucking 38 years old, so this was, like, I was not doing this at, like, 23, and, like, oh, I'm living my best life. I was, like, in the shadows for a very fucking long time, (laughs) you know, just being, like, I don't know myself, (laughs) and so... (laughs) you know and I think art is always and writing especially but like photography and stuff like that like I know when I was younger I started working with um uh photography in a way and I did um I started dealing with like or started doing like um nude self-portraiture and a lot of it was a way for me to be able to look at my own body because I didn't know how to see myself I didn't the, the person in my head, I didn't know how to, I had a complete sort of like, I didn't understand what I was looking at in the mirror. I didn't know how to like see myself as a human being. And it was a way for me to, to do that. And to like, sort of take shame away from like sexual abuse that had happened and ways that I'd felt to feel absolute shame about my body. And, and it was just, you know, so, so I started working on things like that when I was in my twenties And it, it really like opened me up to a lot of things like the, and I'm so fascinated with like, you know, with bodies and, and looking at how, like, I love nude photography. I love nude pictures. I, you know, I'm such a fan of just like, sort of like desexualizing nudity because like, just like, yes, uh, naked bodies are beautiful. Yes. You know, there, there can be a sexual attraction to a naked body, but like, a naked body is not, is nothing. Like, it's just, it's, it's just there, you know, it just exists. And so like, you know, that was like, sort of like started me on the path to sort of like dissecting all of these things that I had been, you know, like all of these like pieces of shame and like torment that I'd been given as a kid. And like, slowly I'm learning to like put them down and, and, you know, I'm just getting to a point where I feel like my writing is really becoming like what I need it to be. Not like what Not what I, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I hope people like this or like, I hope people want to like read this, but I'm like, what the fuck do I want to read? Like, what do I want to hear about? What do I want to say? And, you know, it's, it's, I, and that's sort of kind of why I started the podcast because I'm like, yeah, it's taken me so fucking long to get to a point where I feel comfortable doing this stuff and I can't be the only one. <laughs> yeah. No, And, and every, so many people are in a place of feeling very, you know, like it, the, I call the podcast is called imposter syndrome because like, how do you feel? How do you, how are you an imposter in, with art? Like there is no such thing as good art or bad art. There's just art that some people prefer over others. So like, there's no way to be an imposter when you're an artist, you know, you're, if you're making art, you're just making art and you're an artist and that's it. So like imposter syndrome is kind of like a tongue in cheek. Like it's, it's not true. Like there is no actual, like you're not an imposter, like making art makes you an artist. And that's that. And I said yesterday to someone, like they asked like who I, like what I feel is art and like who I feel like is an artist or whatever, like my definition of what art is and what, and what makes someone an artist. And I was like, I was like, you know, what is art is like such a philosophical question. And that's like, who cares? But I was like, I would never, I was like an artist to me is someone who feels that they're an artist. I would never in a million years, like if someone says I'm an artist, I'm never going to say, no, you're not like, I don't have to like your art. I'm not gonna say you're not a fucking artist like that's ridiculous like yeah. I I would never do that like I could be like I think your art is a piece of shit but uh, you're an artist you're still yeah. an artist you're still fucking doing it like I mean people who like draw or you know like make the stupid shit that they sell in like Walmart and Meyer at bulk they're they're made by artists like artists yeah. make that just because it's yeah. sold in bulk doesn't mean it's not artist made am I gonna go buy it you know what? Maybe oh I would, if it was on discount enough. <laughs> Never pay full
1: price. Yeah. I love the idea of imposter syndrome. I don't have it uh, or experience it. Um, I know it's such a shitty thing to say, right? Because like cause No, I'm
0: glad. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I had this conversation with James and, and his family because they were asking about imposter syndrome and apparently everyone there has it. And I don't, you know? So they're like, well, what does that mean? And I was like, it means that I'm like delusional to a point you know, in which I just don't really give a shit. And so yeah. I, I think for me, with my art and in like in tandem with imposter syndrome, I myself like to surround myself with art by people that I know, because yeah. to me, I think that the people that I know the most are like the most impactful artists in my life. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm just like, I fucking love you. And so I'm going to actually take you on a little tour of my oh, house. Cool. These are my titties. Oh, look at them. <laughs> if you're watching, oh, that's for you. Um, and so, um, so, first of all, this is my wall of clocks.
0: Oh my God. I saw that on your story yesterday. I was like, holy shit. That's amazing. Do you collect them? Or is it just like one of those things that it started out and then you just started hanging clocks every time you saw um, one? Or So
1: this big clock... Right mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. Um, was the first piece of furniture I ever bought,
0: Aww. right?
1: Because I had like run away from home, all this stuff to go to college. And I was moving back to Chicago, and I bought this clock for like ninety bucks, and I only had like a hundred and five dollars. And so I like went home and purchased like a little Caesar's pizza, and then I had a box to put my pizza in, and I just stared at my clock, and I was like, "This is so fucking lit! It is one oh I was like, "What's next, one and You know, it was so awesome. <laughs> um, and so here, this is a bunch of.
0: Oh! Oh
1: apple. shit! Yes! Is oh a my penis, god! And it's uncut because representation matters. <laughs> uh, and that that big piece right there is um, by Logan, one of my best friends, who I'm actually going to see here in a bit because um, they're coming over. And she's one of my favorite favorite artists. Um, this was drawn by one of my friends in college. It's a little elephant. These are like oh, like pencils that have been caught into shapes.
0: Oh! Whoa!
1: Yeah, and so that's also from like a local um, artist here. And then this is my other wall of local
0: art. My God, you have so much art. That's so beautiful.
1: And so that, let me see if I'm pointing fingers. That one, the, I call uh-huh. it my BDSM art. Um, yes,
0: love it. That's gorgeous. Oh my God, it's so cute. It's
1: that swamp of layers. And so <laughs> um, I did this with one of my uh, best friends, Lexia. And these photographs that I have here,
0: uh-huh. Beautiful.
1: They're all Chicago architecture, and they're done by my best friend, Pepe who I've tattooed right here. We've okay. been best friends for 25 years, and so definitely check out his shit. Yes. Uh, and more Logan art over here. And so... Okay.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. And so this one, the red one...
0: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Um, Logan screen printed the eggs... And then I got this fabric from her, so I um, sanded down the frame, painted it, and then I like stitched it to the frame, and then added her piece to just like elevate the art. Um, and so yeah, I mean like I have other parts of my house that have a bunch of art, and I just like I obsess oh. over it. So here's another one, just because okay. it's a naked body and I really like it. Um, <laughs>
0: yes. Oh fuck yes. So
1: this is one of my friends who took a silhouette photo. And then I remember, I think you mentioned that you love tits.
0: I do. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. And so that was drawn
1: by one of my coworkers. And I like found out that, I always ask people if they make art. And so she said she did. And She sent me her link. And so I immediately was like, tits, love. And I was like, what's the (laughs) largest size you have? Just like this, I was like, bigger. And so, um, you know, like art for me is just a, It's embedded into everything that I do. And I think that like you were talking about your 20s. I was like in my 20s. Or like my late teens, I guess like 18 to 24. I was just really trying to learn how to love. And like love loudly and love kindly. Yeah, and I think because Mm -hmm. I grew up in a place that wasn't kind and wasn't full of love. Like I just knew what that was. And I was like, but I don't want to be that. And so at that time, just being like, how can I love? How can I love? How can I love? And I feel like now with my art and especially with imposter syndrome, with some people, I'm like i will like my house is covered in art and we host dinner parties every week multiple times right and so then i tell people like oh do you like this piece of art let me show you this artist right and i like do this and my house becomes like a little bit of a museum and then i'm able to hear from my friends like someone just bought my art and i'm like i know was this person they were at my house they said your art's amazing and like it's my way of like looking at an artist that has imposter syndrome and going i can be a living breathing example that like highlights how much your brain is fucking stupid for telling you that you're an imposter. <laughs>
0: you know. <laughs> like, so, yes, and brains are yeah. fucking stupid. I like to say. I like to say, look, brains are not your friend. They tell you to yeah. lick your lips when they're chapped. They're not looking out for you. Like they yeah, are no. not looking out for you.
1: <laughs> and so I'm like, it's it's really important for me to like surround myself with art. Yeah. You know? I'm like, and you saw my two little creepy babies in the back.
0: I'm yes. Like those,
1: are, like those are my art. And so I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I spent a lot of my writing from like all of my I'm 30 now, believe it or not. I just turned 30. Mm. Um, You don't look at
0: you don't look at
1: Oh, I can't wait to get old. Like, I'm so excited to get fucking old. It is I know, I mean, I can't to wait old.
0: to, I'm like, my 30s, I mean, like, truly, like, once I hit 30, I was like, oh, <laughs> mm, mm, this is what hotness <laughs> and good sex is, and then I'm like, oh, my God, 40 is going to be insane. I can't wait till I hit my 40s, man. Once I start going gray, oh, my God, lock up your daughters, like, I mean, it's going to go, gonna be I mean, fucking like, crazy. Lock up, I'm like, lock up your parents and grandparents. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Just, oh, like, my God.
1: Older. Um,
0: Same. Oh my God. I don't know what it is. Like someone's like, like I <laughs> this is like so random, but like I love Law and Order SVU because I'm that bitch. And like Marishka Hargitay I was like, whatever, I don't care. But now that she's like old, she's like almost 60 and she's like wearing glasses and she's like has to like look down to look at people. I'm like, Grandma. <laughs> oh my God, what happened? You're so hot. I'm like, what the fuck is it? Like somebody hits like somebody goes over the age of 55 and I'm like oh my god what happened
1: he <laughs> is a army you know and so like <laughs> I feel that though I'm just like I'll bring lotion for those dry elbows like I exactly. got exactly yes. oh my uh,
0: god yes
1: James can tell you I can't wait for him to get older like I just every year that like, he gets older I'm just like you are fucking hot and so he's like I'm <laughs> excited for me to be 60 I was like not as much as me <laughs> and you know i like I <laughs> mean and so I feel like now entering my 30s, I've taken a pledge to expand my art beyond, like, just sitting with the saddest parts and the hardest parts of me. And I want to, like, yeah. do stuff that is just, like, ridiculous and stupid, you know? And I want to enjoy that phase because I think it's really nice. Um, and so I want to read you two poems that I wrote today. Yes, yes, yes. Because I was feeling like a goose from <laughs> Silly Goose University. And so... Um, when I die, I will possess your lovers to borrow a kiss, for death cannot keep me from those soft lips. Because I, I always tell James, I was like, if you do die, just know that you don't get to remarry. Like, I will haunt you if you do. I get your parents <laughs> yes, in the divorce. Like, just obviously, like, very... I look very at common. your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, very yes. healthy things. And <laughs> it's always, so I'm like, if I die, I'm going to haunt all of your lovers. And I'm going to say some random shit. Like... You know, like he'll be like smooching up someone and then like eyes will roll back and they'll be like, do you want to feel my <laughs> raw chicken?" You know? And so like, it'd just be something gross. And he'd be like, God damn it. Louis, like fucking possess someone else. So <laughs> that's my dream. And then the next one is a sweet one. And so James, if you, uh, you're not seeing this right now because it's not live. <laughs> but when you do, I wrote these for you. And uh, so the one is, I will grab the moon, la sky tortilla, to make you tacos when you are sad. Asada sazonada con las estrellas de tu mirada, soñando todos los sueños salados de ti. La oscuridad de la noche, embotellada, sangria, senalada mm. ah. no, like, <laughs> I make me feel good. Which is funny because today <laughs> he went to the airport and he um, left. He made food yesterday, which was actual steak. And I showed up home. Um, it was my vacation starting, so I showed up home after um, sharing three bottles of champagne with my bestie. And so I came home and immediately fell asleep. And so I woke up this morning <laughs> and ate these tacos, you know, and it's like inspired me because there's a sasso, or there's like a sartén, there's like a, what's it in English? a pan mm-hmm. and usually season it with oil and then you grab an onion and then you do that and mm. then they'll, they'll get stuff flavor, it's really good. So I woke Ooh. up this morning and, and I saw that, right? And it was just like, I was like, oh, James, bitch. I love you like you got it you know like you understand you know yeah. and so I wrote this poem and I just it was a really cute way to be like oh I am at a point as an, as an artist where I can sit in the safety that I've created for myself yeah. and then now in, like now be able to document these little moments that are like little trophies of all of the hard work right that was put into yes. safety and I'm like yes. I want my art to showcase that I want my art to, I want people to know that I am happy and that I do experience yeah.
0: Right. Because sitting, like, there's no point in sitting with the grief and sitting with the heartache if you can't also have a safe place to sit with your joy. And that's the whole point of sitting with your grief. It's the whole point of feeling the heartache is so that you can get to a point where you are safe enough to feel the joy. And like, and being able to do that is absolutely beautiful. And I'm so happy that you're in a place where you can. And that's so beautiful. And oh my God, I'm so happy for you. And I love everything that you're doing and I'm so excited to see the art that you make moving forward and I'm so happy that you wanted to be on the podcast oh my god I do
1: I'm like thank you so much for having me on the podcast it's been great I'm like I'm gonna send you um Eventually, some pictures of all the art that I showed and just like the artists, yes. so that
0: they be, please. Um, because I'll definitely yeah. link to all of that in the you know, I'll link to everything where you can find everything and like where to find your book and like all that shit, like anything. Yeah. Like, I'll link to all of it because I'm all about Perfect. that. And I agree with Thanks. you. I think, I think sharing, like, that's the whole point of like, like. I love that you like named it like art through community or whatever you called it. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I'm like, that's exactly, that's exactly yeah That's exactly what I want out of the second season. The first season was like, Hey, you know, like I'm an artist and there's so much that I've gone through and so much that I've been through and so many things that I fight against so many negative voices that I fight against. And I think in the second season, especially I want to not just hear that from myself, but I want to hear from other people. Like, Like how, what, what brought you to make art? What makes you keep making art? You know, like, what do you, what goals do you have? What are you, what, how has art changed you? How has art made your heart bigger? How has it helped you protect yourself? Like, what has it done for you? And I really love the idea of like community through that. So, and I think I'm like, I'm i like, oh no, like this is like the first interview I've done for season two. And I'm like, I'm getting spoiled. I'm getting spoiled. (laughs) Everyone, yes, and- the expectations are high. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like, I have obviously um, shared a lot of artists that I hope people follow. What is so? If someone is viewing this episode right now, what is something that you hope they would? ¿cómo se dice? What am I trying to say? What are the what the fuck are you trying to sell that you want people to buy? <laughs> right? Like um, if someone's watching people- this right now,
0: yeah. Um, my book, obviously, I want people to read my book, both my books. And I think, I and recommend. you know, I have, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, like, just, honestly, I want people to subscribe to stuff and to follow stuff. And I really would just want people to share stuff. So I feel like if yeah. if you're listening to this, and you like it share it and like not everybody has the financial ability to throw a couple bucks if you do become a patron ha. <laughs> but if not like share share this with people let people hear it and and I want there to be like art is you know art is not a monolith there's so many different types of art there's so many ways to make art there's so many different Types of artists, there's so many different ways to feel represented within art. And I want people to, when they do feel that representation, to share it because someone else needs that too, you know?
1: (laughs) And, you know, as we're on imposter syndrome, um, (laughs) I'm like, I hope you know that your art is so impactful. You know, like I remember you sharing your book and you were like, I only have like two chapters written or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, I don't even know if it's good. And then I read it and then I like immediately got it. I know. It here, you know. I and tell like- people
0: that. I'm like, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I remember just like being so moved. So obviously, like, please buy the book, read yes. the book. It is one of, it is, ah. It is a healing because it's like you, you're still like in a fantasy aspect of it, but yeah. it's like dealing with very real things. And I remember reading it and I still have it on my shelf and like I have a periodically will go through some of the books that I read. And I will read it and just like I remember just like I'll read that passage and it just strikes me again, you know. And so whenever you're yeah. feeling like, oh, it my does my art matter or like is my art good? Just be like, fuck you, brain. Because <laughs> said that it is good and then he got it on his body, you know? And I'm like, body yeah. So I'm like, just remember that, you know and that
0: is a good that is a good reminder I always like feel like I want to tell people like a lot of times the things like for me and and myself like you'll be like oh the people who like not a lot of people like interact with my art or like not a lot of people like go out of their way to tell me I'm doing a good job but in a lot of ways like you don't necessarily see when they when they do and in a lot of ways like some people I know some people like I sometimes will be like oh man I don't want to I don't want to like make a comment here because they probably have so many people commenting and stuff like that and, and you never know what a little bit of encouragement or like just telling someone like hey I love your work is going to actually do for them but likewise you don't actually know how people are sharing your work outside of what you're able to see so on those days when you think like you don't have you know you're like I don't feel like anyone appreciates my work you you actually don't know how many people do and it, oh. as many people as you feel don't like you know, at least 10 people are talking about it somewhere, you know, and even if they're saying, even if they're talking shit, they're still talking about you. So
1: (laughs) I, so, um, during the pandemic, Charlie XEX was about to release her, how I'm feeling now art book and was just like submit fans or whatever. She ended up using mostly pictures and definitely not my art, but I submitted something and she reached back out to me.
0: Oh my God, that's and amazing. she was like, oh my
1: God, I'm so moved by this. Do you mind writing it in, a, in by hand? And then I might include it. I'm assuming my handwriting was shit and that's what she didn't include <laughs> it. But um, <laughs> the fact that she, she's one of my favorite artists I ever,
0: yeah.
1: but she was able to go, hey, I fucking love your art It moved me. And that to me like has completely made me yeah. feel so great about my art. And I think about it all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, yes, if you are out there, just keep producing. You don't know who it's going to impact.
0: Exactly. Um, yes. And honestly, like, There's so much about art that's like, it's good for you to make it. And it's, it's about what, what helps you in the long run. And like what people love about your art is, is the connection to you, whether they know who you are or not, it's coming directly from you. So what, what makes it your art is what makes it unique. And so like doing something like letting yourself like really just dig in deep and pull those things out of yourself to make something however what however you feel about it it's something that only you can make it's something that only you produce and people will be like oh you know like we're everything's meaningless because we're all the same or like everyone no one's really unique but I don't believe that I think it. there's so many of us that like no emotion is felt in the same way by every single individual, by yeah. any two people. There's no fingerprints or alike. like so many things are so unique. Or and ball sex like,
1: or buttholes. They all have the unique fingerprints, believe it or not.
0: It's true. Oh my God. Also, let me tell you something. If someone had told me that balls move on their own mm. without any help, I might have had <laughs> sex with someone who had them a lot sooner.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm like, I'm going to read... One last poem uh, before we wrap up. Uh, yes, and so yes. again, you, I, I t- label this meeting, right? Like um, community art because I do. <laughs> and I was a wonderful thing growing up. And I love anything that is about friends, you know? Yes. Like it's just my fucking favorite thing. And so this is for all of you watching. I found love within my friends, the way you find water if you dig deep. I dug through time waiting for them and I found you. My soul is clenched.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. God, you're, you are like really, truly, I think it's not surprising because of how you are as a person and how you talk about things. And like the times that we've had moments where we've, where we've shared, even like in brief encounters, like in, you know, you're so, you're such a soulful person in a way that like so few people are. And I don't mean that and be like, Oh my God, no one's like <laughs> you, but also no one is like you. Like you, you are someone who will be like, absolutely like unabashedly yourself, whatever that means you will be honest and you will be truthful. And, and so, you know, it's not surprising that the things that you write are so beautiful, but it's, it's so, it, it really does feel like, um, like a gift, like a small gift to be able to, especially to hear you read them. That's an amazing thing, but like to, to see what you're creating and how you create and the things that you're writing. I'm like, no, these are, these are coming from Luis. Like I, no one else could have written that, you know, and it's so beautiful. And I'm so happy that you are on and that you're sharing all this with me. And I'm so happy you've read so many of your poems. Oh my God. Like truly, if this whole thing was just you reading poems, that also would have been okay. But like, (laughs) I'm so happy that you're doing that because I think, like I said earlier, like not a lot of people, like when they're talking about artists, Like or art as like you know a whole thing put like they don't always consider like written word in that not that they don't but it's not usually at the forefront of when Uh, people are like oh we're gonna display exactly (laughs) so like you yeah you and you just have such a great way with words and I don't mean that in just like you make them sound pretty but like you put emotion into them in ways that no one else could and you are uniquely you. And something that I think I admire so much about you as an artist is that like your art reflects how, how open and honest and unique with yourself and your emotions and how, and I truly feel like you, you take yourself seriously and you, and you are so you have like, you hold space for yourself. You hold space for yourself in a way that not everybody does. And that shows through in your art. And I'm, and it's so beautiful. And I'm so happy that you have shared it with me and with everyone that's listening and anyone that's watching, I'm just, I'm so happy and you're so beautiful. It's sickening. So oh my you, God.
1: So I'm like, thank you for having me on the podcast. Everyone, I'm gonna reiterate again. Buy the fucking book.
0: Yes. You better
1: go sign up for Patreon. Like you better do the fucking thing. So, <laughs> thank you for having me here today. I love
0: yes, you. Yes, yes. I love you. Okay, I will sign off. Um, what are ways that people can keep in touch with you or find out more about you and your book and I'll link, I'll link to everything as well. But uh, like, yeah, tell everyone where to follow you and all that shit.
1: Yeah. And so um, you can follow me at self baby on Instagram. And so that is spelled in Spanish. And so we'll put it, so you can follow there. Yes. That's, usually, um, <laughs> that's actually my main account. It's on my artist account. Um, because I don't, I'm just not that bitch. Like I can't manage right. multiple accounts. I can barely <laughs> manage me as a person. Uh-huh. Um so you'll get to see me, you will get to see my tits, my new tattoos, like you'll get to see my poetry. Absolutely um, yes, love that it. poetry dump and stuff and so. Um yeah, follow beautiful. me on Instagram. I'm like my book is called it's also in Spanglish. Um but it's Salsa Brava Tortillas Hechas a Mano and um I will also get on there and so I hope that you're able to, to enjoy my art.
0: Yes. And truly 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 um check out Luisa's work. I mean it's beautiful um you know I yeah Luis is an amazing individual any way that you can support art and support artists especially ones that are queer and not white and absolutely <laughs> beautiful and stunning and look as gorgeous as Luis looks like I mean, you need yeah, to support it by the book, buy the book. Bounce, yeah. bounce 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 bounce
1: <laughs> okay I love
0: that that is all for this episode. Again, thank you, Luis, for being on. You're amazing. And I'm so happy that you were on. So in Shawnee, you don't say goodbye, because it is not, it's considered rude. Um, so instead, you would say, I usually end my podcast with saying, which means until I see you all again. But since I'm talking to only you, I'm going to say, which means until I see you again.
1: Oh, mis estrellas, hasta luego, hasta que te vea otra vez. Besitos. Bye.